This is LCM. Pronounced local. Oh, living a creative life. I'm Rawat Majdi. And I'm Muhammad Sirul. We're creatives talking to creatives about what it means to be a creative. So get ready for some delicious conversations and awesome takeaways so that you can maximize your own creative life. Tonight we have the beautiful Yara Miraki. She is a Syrian graduate of fine arts. She plays with color on canvas and digital mediums, and she likes to tell stories through art, stories of women and people who have lost their voices. That is beautiful, Yara. Welcome. We are so excited to have you here tonight. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Thank you for having me. So, Yara, tell us about who is Yara? Who is Yara Meraki? And how did she come to become this uh, beautiful artist? Wow, that's a, that's a tough question. I don't think anybody finds it easy to talk about themselves. Definitely not, no. Okay. <laughs> um, I think um, it started when I was younger that I started drawing, never realized it. Um, Yara is a Gemini. I don't know why I keep on saying it, but I feel like it plays a huge role in being an artist. Hmm. Because like, you know how they say like they're crazy and they have multiple personalities <laughs> and it helps me in my style so much. But like, I don't know if you've noticed, I get bored with one style and do the other and so and so. Um, I love art. Um, I discovered that at a younger age. Wasn't good, I guess. I was told I wasn't good. <laughs> really? Yeah. Who told yeah. you you weren't good? It was it was a long time ago. Um, I remember we were doing, my mom put me in some class. I wasn't even in like, I think I was like a first grader. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. too young. That's very young. Yeah. And then my mom takes me to this art class and we were doing clay sculptures or something. And I did a pen. I still remember I did a pen. And then when my mom came to pick me up, I was excited to show her. And then the art teacher had already like, it's not there. He put it in the, what do you call it? Like he threw it in the clay box or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he tells my mom, I don't think this girl has an artist bone in her. I don't think she'll ever be an wow. artist. Wow. Yeah. And you grew an artist skeleton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not just an artist Such bone. crucial <laughs> like, opinion to give it for a kid. Right, you know, like a kid. first grader. Like. Yeah. yeah. And I carried it with me. Like I still remember what I did that day and everything and who I was with. Yeah, because I was like, why? I, was, I wanted to show it to my mom. Maybe that's why I became it. Maybe he was right. And then I became stubborn and became an artist. <laughs> so in spite of what he said, you yeah. decided to become an artist. And that's why you're an artist now. That's, that's funny. That's funny. Artist forever revenge. Yeah. I like that. So tell us more about um, your journey growing yeah. up. So um, since then, I was drawing. Um, I remember being punished for drawing on walls. Funny, I get paid for it now. But I, that's what I tell my mom. Remember you punched me for it? It pays rent now, ma. Um, I kept on drawing. I remember when, whenever I had like a rough night or stress at school or something, I remember once I was drawing. You know how you get like images? I remember I was really upset and I drew those watercolor flowers. Art, art was my escape. Um, until high school, I did, um, I don't know how to say it in English, Elmi. Okay. And I got really high grades. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to Syria to study. I was supposed to do marketing in Gust here, but then I felt like, no, that's not what I want to do. And 
I don't want to be in Kuwait. Like I've been in Kuwait the whole time. I want to live somewhere else. So I went to Syria to study. And my dad thought that I should study medicine because I have the grades for it. I was about to. And then my mom said something that I think that was like a turning point in my life. And she said, it's unjust to have a talent and choose to ignore it. Because many other students could have studied medicine, but you have a talent for art and they don't. So you should go for art. And art was like at the bottom of the last page of things to choose from <laughs> in your grades. Um, so I went for art. My dad flipped when he knew I didn't tell him I was going to go for arts. I got accepted. And yeah, that was uh, the beginning of a whole different journey. Art, as you know it, before you study art is one thing. And art as a study is another. But yeah, that's... I was just like, I want to add on this idea of like, um, when your mom decided to believe in you, I believe that you got it. Although that you can't actually go to medicine. And I just want to share something. I want to share something. Well, back when I was in school, I went to my dad and I told him, hey, you know what, I feel like I want to study psychology. Like, I feel like, Ooh. yeah, this is like me. This is, And my dad, oh my God. I don't want to give any details about what, like hap- <laughs> what happened next, you know. But um, the idea was uh, that he completely refused. And I did engineering instead. So um, I do, uh, when I listen to the stories of a parent who actually, you know, uh, supported uh, their kids to become what they want and, and yeah. seek what they need. I think she took a risk on that because, you know, the perception of artists like, oh, you're never going to make money. How are you? You know, art doesn't pay. But it's a major risk. Yeah. But she wanted to be an artist herself and Mm. she Uh did it for her father. She studied uh, English literature because she didn't want that to happen again. Yes. Mm. And I'm glad she supported me. Yeah. It's it's amazing that she did. Honestly, I think it's. It's very heartwarming to I'm hear I'm going to make sure my kids never go to school engineering, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and well, that would what? be the opposite then, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, we would be like, don't go into engineering. You must be an artist. But I like uh, structure. But I like engineering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone would ever say that, though. Well, right, yeah. I love civil engineering. You don't, you don't hear that. Yeah. Can we go back to your school days, like the university? Yeah. How was it for you? The art school, you learn more from the artists around you and the students around you and the teachers themselves than you do from the curriculum. Hmm. It's, uh, it teaches you a lifestyle. Um, it's a very laid-back study. Um, I was kind of always late. But it's okay because I had quick sketches like I was and that's good enough for art school. If you show a power of like um, like a, you're sure about your lines, that's better than someone who's being very careful and draws for like four hours. Hmm. So in art school, talent does show and they can tell who has it. So those who went for art school because they didn't have the grades but had a bit of talent would take longer time and you start standing out. Actually, I thought I wasn't going to be accepted before I go to art school. I thought everybody draws like me. Oh. Yeah. And I didn't know that I actually have been practicing for the past 18 years and I didn't know. And when I um, 
When I was asking someone who graduated from art school, do you think I'll be accepted? He said, no. And then I realized that he was just being sarcastic. <laughs> But in there, you start learning how other people get inspired, how they work, how there are people who work hard, people who work smart. And then there is a philosophy in being an artist. There is a you yourself are the project and your art is an expression of who you are. So you're the original art piece. So what you believe in, what you stand for, how you experience things, that's what you reflect on a canvas. And it's interesting to see my professors and their years of experience on that, my friends and how some of them are drama queens and they love it and they show that reflect that they live for it to reflect it on a canvas. Like they choose heartbreak and some don't. Some are just like, yeah, I know what I want to do. I don't care. I'm good at drawing jars I do jars and they do very nice realistic stuff so it was nice to go through all of that it teaches you a lot I loved art school I definitely agree with you in the in the sense that a lot of artists do that where they try to chase the feeling or they try to chase a specific kind of experience in order to grab the muse and be able to create things from that place of like like you said heartbreak or yeah. or being a drama queen you know um what do you think about that not recommended <laughs> why not i i don't think first of all a part of it has to do with like you're kind of manipulating people for your own benefit that's not cool because you might like date a guy or something just you're planning a heartbreak mm. and yeah that's not cool but i've seen it in art school you see it wow yeah but somehow in art school it's like consensual so mm. they both want the heartbreak <laughs> you can tell they love the drama queen. so it's like beneficial to exactly. like date each other in order to create from that exactly. weird dating like giving you giving the other the heads up you know in like a month or two we're gonna do this okay yeah <laughs> they would have the reputation for it and they love the spotlight of oh they both broke up and you would know about it in art school and then you start seeing the artworks about her that he did and the artworks about him that she did and it's it they enjoy the the drama of it but it's really not recommended it's it's very individual it's a very individual experience that you're showing and as an artist you need to think that are you drawing for yourself or are you drawing for an audience is this for other people to understand and enjoy and maybe i'll understand your experience but if you made it this practice then it's not really so genuine anymore So, Yara, what is it um, to create for an audience? What does that mean to you? Oh, that lesson I learned the hard way. Um, at the beginning, um, so what happened is, okay, let's see, let, let me tell you how I learned how to create for an audience. Um, I, I was in Syria and I was professor assistant, had my own job and a lot of paintings and stuff. And then overnight, I was told I have to leave the country. It's not safe. We need to go. Within 24 hours, I was out of Syria. Could not carry even my hard disk with my paintings on it. I couldn't get that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then I, I came to Kuwait um, and I, ha I had to start from zero. I was depressed for a while. And you have that survival, the survival guilt, like everyone else is still suffering in my country and I'm safe. So I started drawing about the refugees and it's a painting that is people know me for, the baby face. And 
It is kind of gloomy. It's about the refugees that are still under the sea, the ones that we don't see, you can't take a photo of. And I felt like it's the artist's responsibility to paint a picture of things that I, I, we can't have an image for. So someone here in Kuwait, when I showed them the painting, and it was an art collector that told me like, well, it's nice, but it's too gloomy. It's sad. I got really offended and I was angry and I was like, how do you expect me to paint refugees with color and, and like make them happy? The, the, the girl is dead underwater. And then I listened to myself saying that and I was like, how do you expect me to paint with color? And then I realized, why would my audience want to put that painting up in their living room? And then I thought, well, here in Kuwait, maybe in Syria they, they would because they went through it, but here maybe they won't. And then I remember a professor, I love her, her name is Sausan. She taught me that she used to read for us quotes every day about art and philosophy. And she once said that art is a language and it reflects the society it's born in. So if, say, somebody draws a red circle on a canvas, some people might think like, oh, this is BS. Contemporary art. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And a lot of people have thoughts against that. I, I'm one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the kind of person who loves that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. oh, well, this person did something so... Maybe because I can't relate to it. You can't, I can't understand it. And you feel like it's very effortless and anybody can do it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. And, mm. and yet there is that if this society celebrates it and they enjoy it and think it's art, then it's the right art for this time. Mm. And it's the language that they understand. So what I did was... I painted a refugee with orange backgrounds, rubber ducks floating around. And like, I was a bit sarcastic, like it was my sarcastic comeback. And it's created this new personality that is kind of sarcastic in art. And the same art collector loved it. And that's when I learned how to create for my audience. You don't have to change your message. You just have to say it different. It, it has to relate to the people who are, it's like me speaking like, Spanish to you now and you don't know Spanish I can still say the same thing in English it's the same thing so art, art has a language. yes mm. yes and it has to be people need to communicate yes yeah. and whatever it is that works for where you are that's the language and th that doesn't change your value as an artist it doesn't you're a better artist when you can speak to people because you have to say something. That's very interesting. So you need to adapt. I believe so. You need to change yeah. to what you're, like, you're surrounding in a way. Yeah, like, unless you uh, don't want to pay rent. <laughs> no, That's I mean, like, yeah, let's think about it this way. Because you actually need to be that person to, not only in, like, in art and everything. Yeah, yeah, true. You need to understand what you're surrounding, how things go. You need to yeah. speak the language. Like, yeah. even if we look back at language, like, yeah. some people, they land in a foreign country and they're just walking around trying to make their way and they don't know any part of the language and they're not going to be successful about yeah. on what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. And others adapt. They, they learn to speak the language. And, and I agree with you, definitely. This is something that 
um, goes across. You have to recognize your audience, whether you're creating something yeah. or whether you're creating a life. True. Yeah. True. And it's not easy. Like I'm saying it now, like it was like effortless, but that took, there's a two years gap between me realizing that point and creating the language that I spoke. So it is a lot of work, a lot of candles and (laughs) you'll get there. Did you ever, did you ever come across the, um, the art collector again? Yes. She came to my art gallery and she was amazed by both pieces, by the way. Wow. Even the gloomy one. So she she understood the gloomy yes, one then? Yes. After I painted the colorful one. Wow. Yeah. That was an epic moment for me in my life. I speak to my paintings. <laughs> and I remember telling the girl in my painting, can you believe this? She didn't like you back then. She appreciates you now. So yeah, that was a moment That's we had. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So Yara, how do you, like as Yara, yeah. Seek your muse, or that. Do you have like some kind of a, a pattern, maybe, or something that you follow? Yeah, I think um, I think an artist, uh, as a profession, if if it, if you're a hobbyist, then you'll go for the heartbreaks. But if it's a profession, you need to produce. To produce, you need to be able to produce all the time and not wait until you break up. So you put yourself in that which is what I I believe that an artist should have a ritual where you put your like now I am ready to draw and that's what I do for me um, my key is my candle what I do is I create a ritual for myself and I do that with a lot of other stuff before I do yoga I light a candle that has a certain scent it's like it's literally sage and mint shout out to Bath and Body uh-huh. End of end of year sale save my life. I feel like they're always on sale though. Like they are good for me. Yeah, good for right. Me. Sparks good for my us. creativity. We like their soaps. <laughs> so what I do is I have a different scent for the things that I do, and there's a certain candle. I I I am very about the smell. Um, if I smell a certain perfume, I can connect it to the person that wears it a lot. If I smell certain food, I may like it or not. Um, so since smell provokes me or can ignite something in me, it's my key to start my ritual of drawing. So what I do is I light a certain candle. It's like the ginger and orange scent. And that is the candle that once I start smelling that, you start feeling like you're starting to go into a different bubble, my world. And then my brain knows that once you smell this, you're about to create. So it's a ritual that I've created for myself. That's very interesting. Yeah? yeah. I have never thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a writer myself, and I tend to have these kinds of um, writer's blocks. So sometimes I go into this kind of place where I feel like I don't know what to write about or how to write or even how to sit down and force myself to write. And I've tried this kind of technique of like, okay, every day I'm going to write for 15 minutes. Whether it's garbage or not, I'm still going to be writing for 15 minutes. And oftentimes what happens is like every single day it's garbage or every single day it's like I'm not in in the writing thinking kind of um, poetic kind of thinking at all. Um, I mean, all day I'm thinking logically and then when I sit down to write, it's like a sudden jarring thing. And I think that this kind of ritual might help me. And I think that's really cool that you're sharing that with us because 
I don't think I've ever heard of something like that. Like the idea of, of like actually setting the mood. You know, like we set the mood when yeah. we're when we're with our like partners or with with our husbands or wives, right? But when it comes to ourselves, I think we forget to do that. Yes, and you it makes creativity a habit mm. instead of that like very spiritual spontaneous moment that you never know when it's gonna hit and you cannot hold your profession on it like you never know when i'm gonna produce next so yeah you have to make it a habit and choose something that connects you to something that feels good something that makes you feel at peace it could be rock like you might want to listen to rock and roll and that's your thing because that makes you energetic and happy and you're ready to go it could be doing yoga before you go into it or wearing certain clothes like an apron or i mean that's for an artist so it depends just make it the same thing every day so that your brain learns that when i wear this when i smell this when i hear this i will do that habit that i do every day when i do this when i hear it wow yeah that's beautiful Thank so you. you'd say that the ritual is kind of customized to yes. each person to each artist to each person who creates yes yeah. yeah. and you'll enjoy it it's such an individual experience it takes you somewhere else it's nice i love it i, ha- yeah. I have to be honest i have never ever thought about this before um like just to seek it like as you as you, as you described yeah. it like you like you actually doing it you'll be like going step by step to create that mood let's say yes yes that now yeah i'm gonna be able to do what i need to do now mm. that's beautiful so how does one um come to this sort of like customized ritual how would i decide okay this is going to be my ritual and i'm going to be doing this from now on I think being um, doing anything that has to do with creativity, you have a certain amount of uh, emotional intelligence or self-awareness. Hmm. You watch yourself. You know what you like. You know what provokes something in you, whether you're sad or happy. Or If you watch yourself enough, you'll know what sparks creativity in you. What sparks what, joy, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Did you watch that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Marie Kondo, shout out. <laughs> exactly. And it's a thing. It's true. If it sparks something in you and you connect it to a feeling, that's it. That's the thing. For me, the smell is I look forward to that moment when I light the candle and I smell that smell. It puts an end to everything that was before it. And it's like you open a door and you walk into a room that doesn't exist and only you can see it. It's very nice. You need that thing. What do you enjoy? Some people might just want to make a cup of coffee and that's it. You make coffee, you start drawing. What is something you enjoy and like? Hmm. That's it. My life has changed. (laughs) My life has changed. How did you come across this? Um, Or how did you develop this kind of practice? You definitely didn't, weren't in first grade doing this kind of thing. No, no, no. It came through reading. Honestly, there there is a book. I never remember the name of the authors. I'm sorry, but it's called The Creative Habit. And also the fact that I knew that it's the candle for me is because... I enjoy the smell. I love smells. It can literally make me feel like listening to like a song and remembering something. A, a smell can do that to me. So yeah, it's a it's a bit of both. And a lot of I watch myself. I I watch myself. I have like it's so interesting. I think for you to 
you're the only person who can experience you and know you so well and it's so cool to know it's like knowing another person so well if you watch yourself and discover things about yourself i find that very intriguing it's like a love story sort of yeah sort of so the takeaway here is to become a productive artist or to become a productive creative or someone that creates anything you need to create the ritual you need to figure out what works for you and get into that mood every single day in order to be a successful artist in order to pay the rent you have to consistently and constantly produce and to do that you need to stop chasing the muse or forget the muse and chase or not stop chasing make stop your waiting own. yeah stop waiting for make the muse to chase you or make to find you and to make it happen itself go out and reach the muse Amazing. That's beautiful. Amazing. Thank you so much, Yara. I'm going to invest in a lot of candles from now on. <laughs> That's going to be the thing that I'm going to like, be into now. Um, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much thank for, you for uh, having This is an amazing, amazing um, episode. And we wish you all the best. Thank you so thank much, you. guys. Same here. Good luck.